time once again to talk about the NFL Draft, 2020 NFL Draft recap here on the Audible. Cecil Lammy and Sigma Bloom and Dallas, y'all up and done it. Y'all up and done it, Dallas. You guys got CeeDee Lamb. I cannot believe it, Bloom. Um, pretty much every mock draft under the sun had these guys taking Kaylee Von Chase on. It seemed to be their target, their favorite, their intent. It was one of those things like you, you go back and you think, who are the, some of the worst-kept secrets in the draft? Well, Caleb on Chase onto the Cowboys was one of them. But nobody, and I mean nobody, expected C.D. Lamb to be there for the Dallas Cowboys. Scoop and score, Jerry's partying on a yacht, and they weren't even done yet. But their first pick, outstanding, now that three-headed monster, and I mean absolute monster that they have at wide receiver with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, now with C.D. Lamb. Woo! Man, they can move a bunch of guys all over the formation and just make that passing game, you know, so much better. So I want to fixate on CD Lamb Bloom, but there's other picks that we need to get to, and that includes another great one, Trevon Diggs. Cornerback from Alabama drops to them in the second round. I could have easily seen him as a first-round pick. Um, You know, I could have seen the Broncos trading back in the end of the first, for example, and getting him. Reminds me of Akeem Tlaib. Honestly, yes. yeah. so when you lose Byron Jones in free agency, well, now you got a rookie and a pretty good one on a pretty cheap contract. So Trevon Diggs in the second round, Neville Gallimore, defensive tackle from Oklahoma in the third disruptive third round pick. Two fourth rounders, including Reggie Robinson, quarterback from Tulsa, and Tyler Beatish, center from Wisconsin. You want a Wisconsin player, and it's funny because... Travis Frederick moving on. Here comes yep. Tyler Biadish to move right in. Pretty much the same player. Bradley Anae, edge from Utah in round five. And then round seven, Ben DiNucci, quarterback from James Madison, who was getting some getting some pre-draft buzz, Bloom. So the Cowboys pick yep. him up. But really, it's about those first two picks, and really, it's about CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. Well, if you say the Cowboys had the best draft, you might be correct. And certainly they're going to be number one on a lot of lists. And they did the right thing, Cease. Like we've all been there in fantasy drafts where a player falls to you that you didn't expect and you had your plan and you're, you get flustered. You got to stick with your plan and you're not sure how you're going to change your draft if you take this guy that you didn't expect to be there, but you just take the best player. Kudos, Cowboys. Yeah. Kudos. And it turns their offense into one of those a strengthening a strength, how are you going to cover these guys? How are you going to defend this offense? Uh, you know, Cooper can play in the slot. Lamb can play in the slot. We all know what Gallup can do. Plus, you have Tony Pollard, Blake Jarwin, an ascendant player. Oh, yeah, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, they lose Travis Frederick. But and this is a good draft, not just these first two picks, right? Uh, because, you know, skipping ahead, they get Biotish. And look, he's a maybe not a high upside pick like Frederick was, but he can step in and compete to start right away. He can right. Like those Wisconsin linemen. Yeah. So that helps. Uh, Travon Diggs. See, if they had taken Travon Diggs at 17, no one would have blinked an eye. No, no one would have said that's a reach. They got their first round pick in the second round at a position of need. And Diggs, it's Tavon's brother. You mentioned it, he's, uh Talib. I think that was also Lance Zierlein's compare for him. Just competitive, great ball skills. Um, you know, he's not necessarily the best at turning and running with a speed receiver. You may ha- need to give him a little help over the top, but uh, he's physical. Uh, and they get Neville Gallimore, and Gallimore is just a penetrator, a gap shooter. 
maybe needs to play with a little more strength, uh, needs to have a little more subtlety to his game, but absolutely he can provide that disruption you're looking for. A lot of people like Reggie Robinson. This is, uh, you know, he's makes great plays on the ball. He's got size and traits. Maybe he needs to learn more about mirroring receivers. Uh, again, Biotish, they got late. Anai was another favorite of a lot of people. As the draft was going on, we were well into the third day, and they were still getting players that were top 100 on many boards of people that we trust. Anai is a guy that you watch and you love because he plays with mm-hmm. such high energy. You know, doesn't have the bendy, flexibility, twitchy traits you look for in an edge rusher, but man, he loves to battle and he wins his battles. Uh, maybe he's just going to be a pass rusher. I don't know what he can do, you know, defending the run or dropping into coverage, but that's fine. On the third day, you get a competitive, tough edge rusher. And again, this is potentially a position of need. We'll see about Alden Smith. We'll see about Randy Gregory working out. They get Danucci. And see, Danucci was one of those guys that left, had everyone like rushing. There's always a couple picks every year, right? Mm-hmm. The year, right. like, who? Huh? What? I mean, James Madison, you know, a beautiful country in the Appalachians there, led them to the title game. Um, Actually, he played basketball in high school for Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy's brother. So there you go. Mystery solved. How did they end up taking <laughs> ben, ben DiNucci? That's why we all had to scramble and say, Ben, what? Who? Uh, you just love this class. This is a classic Baltimore style. Let the draft come to you. you know, they didn't uh, overcompensate to the change in their draft plan. They got a, a second rounder they would have taken in the first. A third rounder they would have taken in the second. They addressed needs. So, yeah, go get them, Cowboys. How did Jerry do this then, man? Because this yeah. is not very jerry like. Was it being on the boat? Was it? Did they actually have him plugged into a different Zoom right. call so he didn't could they say he like wanted he was no, other picks? He, didn't they say he wanted no um, interference from the scouts? Like he didn't want anybody to talk to him? You know, maybe they just didn't let him talk to anybody. I don't know. It's it, it kind of like be the ball. Huh? No, 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 no. Just, mm. just be in the moment. And uh, C.D. Lamb falling to them at 17 it's going to be something. And I know we'll talk about Philadelphia and they loved Jalen Rager and that was their guy all along. Right. But it had to still hurt at least the fan base to see Lamb falling, falling and end up with the Cowboys. Yeah. Jalen Rager's not CeeDee Lamb. Sorry. No. Spoiler alert on that. Uh, by the way. Yeah. Did they have the best group of undrafted right? agents as well? I like Philly's VH a little bit better, but we'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get there. The NFC East and we should talk all this draft and, uh, listen, no Cowboys fans here for sure, but really a fan of what they've done. Uh, certainly with the draft and then undrafted. I mean, I'll pick one bloom. Yeah. But, but we could talk about this entire blanking list. Right. Now, if you've been listening to this show, you know, the back of the shrine bowl, all I could talk about was Aaron Parker. <laughs> Wide receiver mm-hmm. Rhode Island. Um, okay. Didn't get drafted. Cowboys picked him up and going to be difficult to make the 53 man roster because it's now so jam packed up top on the active roster. But Parker with the body control, with the hands and concentration, he right. didn't test well at the scouting combine. I know that kind of, you know, put people off of him for a little bit, but again, he plays better than he tests. At least that's what he showed up on film. That's what he showed up in person. He was very consistent every day at the Shrine Bowl practices. You know, so uh super crazy deep dynasty, of course. Sure. I'm watching Aaron Parker. 
Yeah, Parker's kind of similar to James Prochet, who we talked about yesterday uh, with the Ravens. Wins at the catch point, makes plays at the catch point. Although I, we'll talk about his teammate, two Rhode Island receivers, Isaiah Coulter, when we get to the Texans. Um, right. I'll give you a couple. Uh, Seu Olonilua, full, well, was a running back, going to be a hyper-athletic fullback for Dallas. That's going to be an interesting one. They also brought in his teammate, Jet Anderson. They didn't even have to leave the Metroplex, you know. Uh, to get these guys. <laughs> and then, see, so we talk about this, you know, we'll talk about Anthony Gordon when we get to uh, the Seattle undrafted free agents. Reps, right? We like quarterbacks getting reps, reps, <laughs> reps, yeah. reps. How about yeah. offensive tackles? Terrence Steele, long, I think 47 starts for Texas Tech, a tackle. He's going to be a polished pass blocker. Yes. Uh, so, you know, so that's always an interesting kind of pickup uh, in undrafted free agents because developmental skills. I mean, if you can pass block, we can work on the rest. Yeah. And I so wish you got this reference, but every time you say steal, I think of the old Xbox O game, original, uh, I Ninja steal. (laughs) Anyway, I just think of like street fighter or Uh, you can, (laughs) (laughs) all right, I'll take that. Let's take what uh, else is coming up next. Some transitions are better than others. People in the NFL draft, as we spin you around the NFC East this time, we wind up in the big apple and we got to talk about the New York giants. Of course, looking over that team with those young players and starting off with my favorite tackle in this draft. I know it was really weird. The opinions on Andrew Thomas were odd. Um, you know, I'll, I'll look at the guys and then once we get like a week before the draft, I'll be like, what does everyone else think of these guys? Cause you know, whatever. I just, I do my own work. I discovered to me, Andrew Thomas was that guy just cause he was taken first doesn't mean he's going to work out to be the best or whatever. But the main thing that I loved about Andrew Thomas is he plays with a calm mind, not as you know, SEC competition. Yes, 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 of course. But the fact is that he maintains his aggression, doesn't get overly aggressive, regardless of how the game is going for him. He just is steady. He's calm. He's a guy that you can plug in with a ton of experience. And this team needed offensive line help. I mean, my God, how many times we see Daniel Jones on his back last year? So Andrew Thomas at pick four. Fantastic. Uh, so there you go. Xavier McKinney, another fantastic Alabama player now to go in there and help lead on that defense. McKinney, a rangy player, a guy that's very smart, a guy that can put himself in position to make plays. I don't know. Is Joe Judge saying these guys in actual names since he wouldn't say the names of Saquon Barkley or Daniel Jones at the combine? But, uh, okay, here we go. Further down, Matt Pert, tackle from UConn in the third round. Fourth round, Darnay Holmes, cornerback from UCLA. Fifth round, Shane Lemieux, guard from Oregon. Sixth round, Cameron Brown, linebacker, Penn State. And then a quaternary of seventh round picks, Carter Coughlin, edge from Minnesota. Again, this wasn't a great edge class, but a lot of people had wondered about Coughlin later. TJ Brunson, linebacker, South Carolina. Then Chris Williamson, cornerback, Minnesota, and then Tay Crowder, linebacker, Georgia. So maybe not the most exciting or sexy draft, Bloom, but the Giants, especially up at the top, got some real work done. And it doesn't look like, uh, Tom, Tom Coughlin, Dave Gettleman, uh, because I'm looking at Chase Coughlin. It doesn't look like Gettleman controlled this draft, right? Mm -hmm. Feels like Joe Judge. Had some input, if not had the last say here. Andrew Thomas is a terrific pick. I mean, again, no trade down from three, no trade down from four. That's fine. 
Andrew Thomas is the high floor option step in right away. And you know, we'll get to Washington. They've got some pass rushers. You know, I mean, that's going to be important. Uh, and Nate Solder, you know, we'll see how long he holds up, but that's a terrific pick. I mean, this is just money in the bank. Xavier McKinney is kind of money in the bank too. And he could have gone as high. He could have been the Cowboys pick at 17. Uh, falls to the second round, a lot like Minka Fitzpatrick, another Alabama guy. He can play in the box, can play in slot, can play, uh, you know, single high safety, can do a lot of different things. So you like that, uh, especially with the versatility. We talked about Isaiah Simmons potentially at number four. Uh, you think Patrick Graham is going to be able to use these guys, that Patriots background. Then lots of interesting picks here. I mean, maybe Dave Gettleman did have something to do with the pert pick. Uh, he's got the frame that you want in a tackle. Needs a mean streak. Sound familiar? See, how many? Every year we've got these guys. I can't even remember the guy from the first Senior Bowl we went to. Um, <laughs> has the frame? Needs right. the mean streak. Right. Uh, there's, it's that planet theory. The guys that are big and athletic enough he needs to get some functional strength. Holmes is a productive corner, strong. He's got some speed. Uh, he's a good tackler. Maybe again, working on coverage, mirroring routes. Lemieux is a, a fighter, uh, you know, a mauler in the trenches. Not so sure about pass protection. Brown is interesting. A six-five linebacker. You won't see many of those. Maybe you can use him as a rusher. You can do some different things with him. All those late picks, you know, Coughlin's a try-hard, smart, productive guy. Needs some more functional strength. Is he going to be able to hang the available? But these are fine seventh-round picks. You know, a run-stuffing linebacker in Brunson. Uh, Crowder or, uh, you know, anybody who's a starter at Georgia, getting him at Mr. Irrelevant. So, uh, you know, Giants, I mean, it's going to be tough to beat out the Cowboys in this division, but at least for one draft, we're not laughing, although Daniel Jones got the laughs, last laugh last year. Yes, the last laugh last year, the Batman who laughs last. We'll go there. Uh, let's talk about the undrafted players for the New York Giants and, Really, to me, Derek Dillon was always interesting. Saw him down at the Shrine Bowl, and anytime you're, what was the LSU's like fifth guy or whatever. Right, right. But it's again, what did we say on the show yesterday? Like, you're a backup at LSU, you're still really good at football. Mm. So Derek Dillon was a player I watched down there. wasn't He didn't take the week by storm. That was more mostly Aaron Parker. If we talk about wide receivers of that game. Uh, but certainly had my interest there with his athletic profile and again, that background. So maybe, you know, season him up on practice squad. We'll see what you get. But Derek Dillon will be the guy that I pick from the Giants list of priority free agents. Bloom, who you got? Yeah. And this is a good division for undrafted free agents. Um, yeah, Dillon is. was on my list for like 429 speed. Javon Leak. I know. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and see, I'm not sure that Anthony McFarland's going to be better than Javon Leak. Both of these Maryland. You hate Anthony McFarland. You hate him. I don't hate Anthony McFarland. It's the Matt Waldman going to the corner store thing. That when your speed lets you win races to the edge in college, I feel like you need a little adjustment. Javon Leak, he goes up the gut. You know, he's the guy I want to give the the little delayed draw out of a spread shotgun set, and he can take off. He can just like Anthony McFarland run away from people. You've got a couple of Ohio State receivers, and as we know, Ohio State receivers represent untapped potential. Uh, Austin yeah. Mack, a good route runner. Ben Victor, some size to develop there. So uh, they got Reggie White last year as an undrafted free agent, another Matt Waldman favorite. So, uh, yeah, Giants doing some work when the draft's over. Yeah, and that's how you can always tell those teams that are real dialed in. It's like, okay, I see you. I see you, right? I'm going to be like Brandon Stokely. 
Can I see you? I see you. Okay, let's talk about the next team up and a team that uh well we love their fans, certainly love our man Jason Wood, right? Love all of our Eagles fans out there. And um okay. <clears throat> let's get into this one. You sit there at 21 and you're like, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Yet CD Lamb falls, you know, make a move up. Hmm. Okay. You can say Jalen Rager was your guy, and certainly there's enough explosive traits there with Jalen Rager to be like, fine, we get it. But it's he's not CD Lamb. He doesn't have that freakish body control like CD Lamb. You know, Rager is explosive. He changes direction without losing much speed. He's a great option as a return man. There's a lot of things to like about Jalen Rager, but never. Ever, 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 ever. <laughs> See, I have two choices. I can either go Friday, ever, 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 call me, okay? Or I can go Step Brothers and go ever, even if there's a fire. Never, ever was Jalen Rager above CeeDee Lamb in any sort of rankings, in any sort of projections. Again, he'll be the best pro ever. That's fine, Philadelphia, but you were this close to having a DeAndre Hopkins-like player on your roster by the way, your roster doesn't have any good wide receivers. I mean, very few. Deshaun Jackson used to be great. Now Sean Jeffrey used to be fine. And it's like, oh, man, you could have used that. You could have celebrated. You could have, you know, partied in the streets, in your mind anyway, since we're all staying at home. But, like, okay, you got Jalen Rager. That's a good pick. CeeDee Lamb would have been a great pick. You would have to give up stuff to get him. Bloom, maybe even move up and uh, lose right, the right. pick that you took Jalen Hurts with. Now, there was a lot of discussion about Jalen Hurts, so I'm down to the senior bowl. I'll say this. At that game, he was the fourth best quarterback there, even behind Steven Montez. Montez looked better than Jalen Hurts at that game. You know, again, we've learned through years and years and years, mainly because of Lorenzo Booker. Like, don't overdo <laughs> what you think of players at that game. But Hurts with that athletic profile, Eagles pick him up, and people are saying, controversy. No, he's not going to push Carson Wentz at all. Hurts, you love the leadership. You love the work ethic. You love the athletic profile. He's got the arm strength. Man alive, he's got to know where to go with the ball faster. He needs a faster tempo as a passer. But if you're looking for a Taysom Hill, Bloom, I guess I didn't know. We're taking Taysom Hills in the second round now. Right, right. We're going to do that. I mean, what Baltimore get? Tyler Huntley uh, undrafted, right? Like, right. so, uh, where's Khalil Tate at? You know what I mean? Like, actually the Eagles. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. So you couldn't have done that. I mean, Jalen Hurts is not Taysom Hill. He's not. There's more there than that, but it's not ready now. So your first round pick wasn't as good as it could have been. Your second round pick was, I don't want to say a waste because I, I like Hertz eventually, but for what you needed and then for what you got, if they did get Khalil Tate, oh my God. Okay. Uh, Devion Taylor, linebacker from CU was at his pro day. He had an outstanding pro day. Um, good kid only played what one high school game bloom mm. because of his mother's religion wouldn't allow him to play after dark. Well, Friday night lights is what they call it. So he played one high school game. Goes to junior college, then goes to CU. Is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? Whatever. He's a playmaker and certainly an incredible athletic profile. Uh, Kevon Wallace, safety Clemson in the round four. Another fourth rounder, Jack Driscoll, tackle Auburn. Round five, John Hightower, wide receiver, Boise State. So here comes your wide receiver help, right? And then round six, Sean Bradley, linebacker Temple. Quez Watkins, wide receiver, Southern Miss. Round six, speed guy. 
And then everyone's like, why is he falling? Why is he falling? Prince Tega Winogo. Uh, yeah, injury. But round six, you get up the ta- big tackle from Auburn, who, you know, some people said could have been a second round pick if he's healthy. And then Casey Tuhill Edge from Stanford rounds it out in the seventh round. Bloom, we could have done the whole yeah. show because these shows are roughly about 30 minutes. We could have done all the 30 minutes on Philadelphia. Yeah, we could. It's an interesting draft. There's clarity drink here. Mm. Uh, just like the Ravens going out to fix their run defense, not via the draft, although they fixed their linebackers in the draft. Um, you see speed, 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 starting with Jalen Rager. And we've talked about Rager. We'll talk about Rager more and more. Rager can make amazing plays on the ball when he's not contested. Rager can, right? He can, he can win downfield on double moves. Sometimes his double moves are just lethal, like checkmate. In between all that, and he can also make things happen after the catch and as a punt returner, but in between all that, the consistency is just not there. And that's scary to me in the first round because as a receiver, you may have six or seven moments that you can affect the game. Inconsistency, if it's not ironed out, inconsistency in routes, inconsistency on, uh, inconsistency on, uh, contested catches. Uh, you just, it scares me a little bit, but I get it. I mean, the traits are all there and they are married to skills at times, at times. That was their guy. Uh, it's pretty clear that yeah, I, I don't think they were thinking about trading up for C.D. Lamb, even though Jerry Jones was trying to make it seem like they were. Um, and, you know, C.D. Lamb doesn't quite give them what Rager gives them, although C.D. Lamb, you know exactly what you're getting and getting a lot. Turn the page to Hurts. I didn't like the Hurts pick at first. I get it. I mean, you know, the Eagles won a Super Bowl because they had a good backup quarterback. All right? So I get it. I get if that's, like, imprinted on you. you got to have a good backup quarterback. Uh, I also understand the idea that maybe at the end of his rookie contract, Hertz signs a big deal to start somewhere else aspirationally and they get a comp pick, comp pick or maybe they trade Hertz after two or three years. Okay. Um, why me and others may have had a knee jerk reaction of like, really? Uh, it's just because you're chasing the Cowboys. You're, you have the Washington team, the Gi- Giants. I mean, how does this pick help you win? I guess if, Carson Wentz gets hurt, although he stayed healthy last year. Uh, so, you know, I mean, there's, this is kind of glass half full, glass half empty. Taylor, you, again, there's CU guy in your backyard. It's just hyper athletic. And like you said, around the ball, they have a need at linebacker. So I could see him starting sooner than later. Kayvon Wallace immediately gets the Brian Dawkins comparison. <laughs> Dawkins, I think, was like, don't put that on him. Let him just be his own guy. You're right. Um, right. Uh, you know, Clemson, uh, an impact guy, but an impact guy that's like almost like the the flaming ball uh, uh, that you just throw over, catapult over the enemy wall and see what happens. I'm not sure what his application is, except as a downhill disruptor, as a safety. Again, reminiscent of uh, Dawkins. Uh, they got a couple of Auburn linemen, Driscoll, who might move inside, who's barely athletic. Tego Wongo is, like you said, sees high upside. Uh, again, he's got the frame, he's got the athleticism, late to football, so lots and lots upside there, uh, reminiscent of Malata. Uh, you mentioned the knee. Sean Bradley's a nice story, gonna hang on special teams at Temple Kids, so local, and see maybe if he can develop into a linebacker, and then more speed, and then Casey, uh, Tuhill also, uh, an edge, a developmental edge with some athleticism, 
And then more speed, right? Straight line speed. John Hightower, who's got some straight line speed and size, not a lot of uh, to his game beyond that. Quez Watkins, who apparently they were right on the fence between Hightower and Watkins in round five, and they took Hightower, and then Watkins falls to the six. So, hey, pick up Watkins, too. Uh, Watkins has maybe uh, even better athleticism overall, athleticism to go with his straight line speed. But they also traded down 20 spots in the sixth round and got Marquise Goodwin. And they restructured Goodwin, I think, to basically like a veteran minimum deal. So that's fine. So they're not going to let it happen again, right? I mean, they saw what happened as everything got compressed closer to the line of scrimmage last year. By the way, um, Hertz, in addition to Hertz, uh, they were considering J.K. Dobbins at that pick. So Miles Sanders, folks, you know, just (laughs) right. You dodged that one. Uh, So maybe they should be happy that they took Hertz. So. You know, a lot to see here. Uh, if they can successfully keep the field opened up with that speed they got at wide receiver, then mainly mission accomplished. And let's see about these offensive linemen and some of these other players, see if they'll develop. Well, before we get to the undrafted guys for the Eagles, which includes Khalil Tate. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even look. Um, our man Wes, it's Wes yeah. Booth's birthday. Wow. Happy yeah. birthday. Happy birthday, Wes. Pass the duchy on the left-hand side. Thanks for joining us here on the Audible during your birthday. And the chat room's just lighting it up, man. Appreciate you guys. And as we get to the undrafted players for the Philadelphia Eagles, well, Adrian Killens, the UCF kid, is the one who stands out to me. Again, say it with me, everybody. And don't make this a drinking game or else you'll be tanked in 30 minutes. Saw him at the Shrine Bowl. And Adrian Killens, you know, mm-hmm. he's Tariq Cohen. Basically, he's that type mm-hmm. of player. Didn't see him do a backflip and catch a football at the same time, Bloom. But when you talk about compact, short, explosive, quickness, dead leg, take it away. Killens is that guy and, you know, is the name that stands out here. I can't believe Khalil Tate's on this list as well. So uh, there you go. There's a Taysom Hill-like prospect, quarterback from Arizona. And, yeah, here we go, Bloom. Who's uh, some of your yeah. favorite UDFAs here? This is one of my favorite UDFA classes. Um, first, we've got to talk about a few guys that the team loved. Uh, Noah Tongiai, uh, uh, Oregon State, former basketball, Oregon State player, 100K. They didn't draft a tight end. Uh, and Jeriga, the center, 116,000. They gave him. Uh, Jason Kelsey, talking about retiring, so that's something to look at. Uh, they get Khalil Tate. Have to think they're going to convert him. And Greg Ward, right? Converted quarterback. It took a while for them to actually give Greg Ward a chance, but you wonder if they're going to try to do something similar with Khalil Tate. You mentioned Killens, classic mighty might. Uh, they liked Donnell Pumphrey and drafted him in the fourth round. Should have taken Tree Cohen again instead, I guess. Um, but going back to the well for that kind of running back and, uh, Michael Warren. See, I'm surprised you didn't like bring up Michael Warren. Truck. Mm. His nickname is Truck. <laughs> uh, you know, 230 pound back. He can catch the ball. He can motor in the open field. Reminds me a little bit of Mike Tolbert. You know, just one of those running backs who's built so thick and compact. Like, there's, what do you hit? What do you try to hit when you try, when you're trying to knock a truck out? Imagine if you had a nice truck in a demolition derby, you know? Uh, so I like this because Warren has an element in the backfield that they don't have. Uh, they, they don't have that running back. They have Boston Scott, another mighty might. But they mm-hmm. don't have that powerful back. I would love to see them do something with him where they can move him around the formation, get the ball in his hands. And they've been doing well. The Eagles are right there, I think, now with the Saints where we think of this is a team that can develop undrafted free agents, especially at the skill positions. <laughs> yeah. 
Our man Jason kill it in the chat room. Yeah. So keep it coming as we've got one more team to talk about here as we recap the NFC East. Uh, just a spoiler alert for everyone out there, Bloom. We go never eat sour wheat, northeast, yeah. southwest when we do this. Couple of day will be done on Friday with these draft recaps and back into our normal off-season audio schedule for the Audible and our Dynasty show. And of course, IDP roundtable coming up later. On the couch, power grid when the season comes back, like we got you covered right here on a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash footballguys.dotcom. And then of course on the audible Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to us. Thank you very, very, very much. Let's talk about Washington and let's talk about what they did, especially at the top. Very significant. Chase Young's the best player in this draft. All right. Yeah. Now Joe Burrows, franchise quarterback, whatever, whatever. Uh, to me, Chase Young, best player in this draft. By the way, Jeff Okuda, second best player in this draft. Uh, Derek Brown, maybe third best player in this draft. But either way, you know, Joe Burrow, fantastic, great pick. We all that. But Chase Young, clearly you're getting Khalil Mack. I know some people were like, he's like Vaughn Miller. No, he's not. He's not. He's, he's larger than Vaughn. He's more ferocious than Vaughn. He's incredibly dominant. I mean, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa thrown in with Khalil Mack. That gives you Chase Young. You can't say enough good things. And they did the right thing. And Ron Rivera, there was so much talk, Bloom, right? right. Ended up all just being lip service. Like, we're going to, my trade out of this. Everything my on the trade table. out of it. I don't ever know. And they didn't trade. They stayed it too. And they took the player they should have taken. Okay. That was, that was it. You did a great job just by taking truly the most dominant and best player in this draft in Chase Young. So good job. Then you don't have a pick until round three. You're like, uh, I don't know what they can get. I know what they can get. Mm. Oh, Antonio Gibson. My love letter to Antonio Gibson goes out almost every time I crack a microphone because he's everything, man. Like yeah. people are just like, well, he's not a running back. He's not a receiver. Yes. And he's not Ty Montgomery. I've seen that thrown out there. Like he's like Ty Montgomery. Like, Okay, if you want to say like a souped up, give him a, a supercharger, Ty Montgomery, then yes, because and it's nothing to do with the statistics, like 11 yards of carry, like he carried the ball, what, 30 times last year, and he had like 35 catches, so he had more catches than he had runs. It's not about that. It's about his physical skill set, the fact that I believe he is a running back. I believe he's a do-everything running back because you can line him up in the slot. Uh, and you can use him out of the backfield. You can have him run with power. You can have him make moves in space. He does run routes. This isn't a swing pass guy. Hey, I'm hoping against some slappy linebacker. No, this is a guy that can get in the slot, cut a rug, get open, got the hand, snatch and secure. Boom. On to the next level. Like this is a great pick. Like it's fantastic. What if you're creative enough? And I guess, Bloom, that's where we get back mm -hmm. to the dirty little secret in the NFL. It's all about fit. Do you know how to use this guy? Because if you just think Antonio Gibson is just a slot receiver, you're wrong. If you just think that Antonio Gibson is just a running back, you're wrong. Are you creative enough to use him the right way? The backfield's crowded. The wide receiver room, maybe less so, but still. like, I love the player, Bloom. Don't love the fit. Don't love the fit. So I'm excited for Antonio Gibson in the pro level, but I'm also disappointed because he had to go here, right? Um, okay, we'll see. Although Ron Rivera was around some guy named Christian McCaffrey. So 
Maybe there's hope. Sadiq Charles, tackle LSU in the fourth round, another fourth rounder. Antonio Gandy, Golden, saw him at the Senior Bowl, small school talent, big time upside. So good job on that one with Gandy Golden. Let's move on to Keith Ismail, center from San Diego State. Not many Aztecs in the NFL these days, Bloom. Uh, Kaliki Hudson, linebacker, Michigan, fifth round. Carmen Curl, Cameron Curl, sorry, safety, Arkansas, seventh round. And James Smith-Williams, edge from North Carolina State, rounds it out in the seventh round. Mainly this is about three picks, though. Young, Gibson, and Gandy Golden. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Young, I mean, what are we going to say? I, I saw the Julius Peppers comparison. I'm fine with that. I mean, look. The reason, Julie, if you want to bring up someone like Julius Peppers and comparing to Chase Young, the idea is he can get a lot better. I mean, he's already amazing. He can get better. He can get a lot better. Um, so, yeah, Chase Young, five first-rounders, Chase Young and Montez Sweat, and they didn't have a second-round pick because they moved up to take Montez Sweat. So hopefully getting Chase Young allows him to get more value out of Sweat. Of course, he's going to run that 4-3 now with uh, Ron Rivera. Um and, you know, before we get to the picks, also a couple things to mention. Um, they didn't get a corner. Hmm. Okay. Um, after trading Quentin Dunbar for a fifth and then trading that, not the same fifth, but another fifth for Kyle Allen. Don't be shocked if there's actually a quarterback competition here. And they end up trading Trent Williams and they ceased, they blew the situation, right? I mean, there's a lot of different ways they could have gotten more than a third rounder next year and a fifth rounder for Trent right. Williams. Right. You yep. know, and certainly the rest of the NFC had to be San Francisco, really? God, Did, why not trade him to Cleveland, you know? Trade him to Miami. Why? Ah, Tampa Bay didn't get him, at least. But San Francisco, of course, Joe Staley retiring. We'll talk a little more about that when we get to San Francisco. So there were ways for them to get more out of Trent Williams. And Trent Williams and all this, he's going to want a new deal. Nope. He's going to play out his contract for San Francisco. So... On that note, uh, we get back to their picks. Um, I love Gibson just as much as you do, Cease. I even see a little bit of David Johnson in him. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, he, he just, when he does not get caught from behind. And as you said, he, he's a bit of a sloppy route runner, but he understands the back and forth of running routes and creating separation out of the slot. Um, he's rugged, he's built strong, and I won't be surprised if, we see him play his way into a role. And see, at least they only had one pick on the second day, and they used it on Gibson. Mm-hmm. So they wanted Gibson. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a first-round grade on him. And there isn't an immediate path to value for him in terms of fantasy, but the ceiling is extremely high. And just give him a chance. Just get him on the field and give him a chance. Love Sadiq Charles. Another mm-hmm. LSU guy. Yeah. I don't mean guard, right tackle, whatever. He's not going to replace Trent Williams, but... That dude is going to play in a long time in the NFL and be a starter. Antonio Gandy Golden. And Cease, is it fair to say that Gandy Golden's ceiling is the same as all these other guys we've been talking about in the first and second round? Not maybe the top three. Right. Take out the big three and you're correct. Yeah. I mean, and in the fourth round, I mean, this he's got length. He's got speed. He can win after the catch. He can win at the catch point. Small school receiver. But they might have really hit gold. With Gandy Golden. Um, they got that pick from San Francisco to get Ismail, a depth center, a zone center. Um, they got a, a Hudson, a safety linebacker, tweener, um, another utility safety and curl. Um, you know, uh, and Smith, they got a guy, Smith Williams is strong, 
He's athletic, can't stay healthy. Um, so, I mean, I'll add Charles in there. Cease is a player. I mean, those first four picks, Young, Gibson, Charles, and Gandy Golden, You, if, for some people, if you were watching tape, you'd say, these are my 20 favorite players. I mean, they might have been on that list because these were all players when you watched them, you thought, I want that. I want what that guy brings <laughs> on my team. So kudos to them on that. But missing out on Trent Williams, uh, getting more for him earlier in that process, and then just cornerback is going to, I mean, big problem and uh dallas they have some good receivers right you know giants they have some guys who can play receiver philly they just got one uh probably gonna keep alshon jeffrey so it'll be interesting it's like a football test right if you have five first rounders you have this ridiculous defensive line but you don't have guys who can cover on the back end how's that gonna work out (laughs) hey how's how you doing Let's talk about undrafted players and seriously only four mm. <laughs> and no corner here either. Okay. Uh, what are they going to have Steven Montez play corner? Uh, now on Montez, when he came out of El Paso bloom, I yeah. know he'll be a, a favorite mm-hmm. of your mm-hmm. heart of El Paso, uh, son of El Paso, Steven Montez. When he came to see you, I was like super, super excited. Like what upside? And they finally got a real quarterback and. He just never took that next step. Like toolsy wise, you see the arm strength, you see the athleticism, you see the mechanics, the tools are there. It's just that progress. It's not like he was ever terrible. There were games when he was terrible and he would like beat Nebraska, which is still a big thing here. And then he'd lose to air force. You know what I mean? Like it's so very inconsistent with his performance and just never fully Take fully, man, taking that next step because there was a future, you know, and uh, uh, all the realities that there are, Bloom. There is a reality out there where Montez does that and becomes a first round pick. Like there's some dimension somewhere where Steven Montez takes all of his tools and actually works out and progresses and becomes like a great quarterback. Haven't seen it. I don't think we'll see it. Um, sorry, nicest guy ever, but you know, he had all these years to show it and he never really did bloom. So, uh, there you go. I mean, I suppose yeah. we could, we could talk about all four of these guys because sure. they only got four. Right, right. Montez, as you mentioned, it's athleticism and tools and, but what is it ever going to amount to? That is Moss, Randy Moss's son, uh, not the most athletic tight end prospect was banged up, but I think he's going to stick on this roster. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get some snaps this year. They needed some help at tight end, so at least they were able to accomplish that uh, via undrafted free agents. I don't think it would have been surprising if Moss would have went early in the third day uh, with his ability to contribute as a blocker, as a short-range target. Another LSU player. Now people in the chat room are guessing your first concert blew. Yeah, right. which I said, like, it, it was Night Ranger and Starship. Because uh, uh, Jason brought up, uh, he, he quoted Sister Christian. So we built this city. (laughs) Oh, all right. That is a wrap. You never know what you're going to get here on the audible. It's the footballguys.com podcast. We're going through the East today. Did the North yesterday. Check out our YouTube channel, like comment, subscribe, share the video. YouTube's algorithm is really weird. So please, if you guys help us out by liking the video, That'll help us get into recommended videos. It's all very interesting. I noticed, Bloom, I haven't complained about YouTube yet on this show, so I need to throw it in there somewhere. But 
we love you, Google overlords. Don't cancel us or take our channel away. But everyone else out there, help us, please. Like, comment, share, subscribe, click the notification bell, all the hoops you got to jump through for this machine. We've done the NFC East. We're going to take a little break, probably about five minutes or so. Come back with the AFC East, including... Am I a New England Patriots fan now? That's next. Bow to your sensei. Bow to your sensei!